0: Welcome to Pixel Sift, your favourite weekly video game podcast available all across Australia and the world thanks to that cool little thing called the internet. And for a little change of pace today, Mitch he is over in Sydney. Uh, he's checking out the RTX Australia convention over there on the weekend, and we were joined on the studio, or sorry, in the studio and on the mics by our intrepid video producer James.
1: The hey. interesting thing
0: about that is if you're watching online, you can actually see James switch the camera to himself so he can see his own face. Yeah. So, you know, he's, it's just going to be all James all the time for the rest Narcissist. of the episode, basically. Uh, today we are chatting with Brendan Reagan and Lisa Rye of Stirfire Studios about their game Freedom Fall. We're also talking a little bit about their future games that are coming up and sort of the, some of the things that they've learned from having their game out there on, you know, in on the stores and online and on different platforms over the years that they have had it out there.
2: Uh, We'll also be touching on gambling in eSports, which came up in the news recently when Sky Sports said they were planning a documentary on CSGO and the betting scene in professional gaming.
0: There's also been a lot of betting controversy and match-fixing controversy outside of the world of gaming. We're going to kind of look at that in comparison to that. Yep. And James.
3: And uh, finally, we'll be talking, when musicians make games, does an internationally renowned music idol attached to your product make for a good game?
0: That's a good question. That's a good question. And we're going to have a look at it a bit later on in the episode. Right that, right now, though, let's jump into it.
3: You're listening to Pixel Sift. Or you might be watching Pixel Sift on Twitch. Pixel
1: Sift.
0: It's been in the news lately. You might have seen some of the reporting on it. One of the biggest sports in the world... It's tennis, it's not an eSport, um, but there's been a big major sort of uh, scandal with you know high-level uh, professional players uh, getting into all the bad situations where they're throwing matches and things like that. And we thought we'd have a look at that because it has a big impact on the way that professional sports are played. And when people are looking at things like eSports, which is an emerging sort of genre and an emerging sort of area in which people can compete, of course, things like gambling and, and betting on these things starts to become an issue. Uh, for people who are playing these sort of things. And I guess see where we think this sort of thing has kind of gone and where it's going to go. Well,
2: that's it. I mean, like, you know, match, match fixing and gambling, are, you know, are involved in sporting, whether we like it or not, especially the match, match fixing side of it. So as esports grows, of course, it's going to, you know, the bad bits are going to grow with it. I'm not saying gambling is a bad part of it. Um, it just is something that needs to be kind of regulated, I guess, and controlled as as the sport emerges.
0: It's, I think, with you know a sport like tennis, for example, which is such a huge, high-profile sport, has plenty of money around it, has plenty of people who are in the administration of it. That something like this can happen at this level is, you know, still very interesting. So, for I guess a fledgling sports league of different codes and, and different types of games as well, to have something like uh, you know a match-fixing scandal, which has actually happened, and there's been a few of them out there already that have already happened, um, you know, it, it can be, I guess. You know, they haven't really learnt the lessons and, you know, if a big code like tennis or, you know, something like, uh, you know, performance enhancing stuff happens in, you know, large sporting codes in Australia, um, you know, where's that going to fit into the esports world?
2: Yeah, I mean, with any kind of sports where, like, again, where any kind of, you're going to have th- these things involved, especially when a huge amount of money is involved that's coming into esports, like what uh, i mean esports is supposed to be worth an estimated like uh, 618 million US dollars i think at the moment or and it's like growing exponentially um i mean think uh, th- as far as gambling goes we're not, not so much match fixing but there's also like you know millions of dollars worth of gambling i think William Hill's estimated they're going to get about 1.6 million dollars worth of uh gaming esports related bets over the next year wow um so again with with these sports with the growth with this money on the line you're going to have um problems um i mean there's lots of different avenues for betting in gaming as well Uh, and i think that's another thing all the all these different avenues for not only gaming but esports and betting and whatever and without the huge high profile kind of unification that other sports have Mm. you're going to have a lot of cracks that these kind of things can just slip through
0: and a lot of the people who are going to be playing these sports are going to be you know younger people this may be the first thing that they've done professionally um the first sort of thing that they can kind of you know experience and you know the the temptation to take these large sums of money to go and um you know throw a match or go something like that it it, it would be very tempting yeah. you know sometimes they're paying big amounts of money some of the examples that we've we've come across um recently there are this i don't know you probably do know but the starcraft leagues in korea are very big and they are you know there's lots of levels to them and the way that people play the games um you know they move up different scales and there's been plenty of players who've been caught out in that particular thing where you know they've taken a cash bribe and and mm-hmm. have been thing- one of the examples now this is going to be a difficult thing to say and it's perfectly one of these like we're going to put this up on the website but <laughs> it's one of these gamertag names so it's gun gf or was it gun gung fu ban da and his name's actually fabian mayer he was a 16 year old player um in one of the amateur sort of lower level leagues um in the starcrafting and basically he had a deal with uh, a guy called Jason, who uh, was Jeremy Sen, um, and they had a sort of a deal where he would basically throw all the matches, and he would get personally offended if one of the matches didn't, uh, you know, go his way. And he basically got caught out for that, and had been sort of banned from from the leagues and in, in playing those sort of things. Desperation and, in games. Yeah, that's an even bigger one example as well. Um, the there was a Korean, Korean team Liquid, which is one of the big teams um, that has come out. Of Korea, it's pretty famous in terms of the world of of esports teams. They had uh, nine people uh, arrested uh, last year uh, for match fixing, including coaches and players. And um, interestingly, the Korean uh, sort of legal system is kind of there's a bit of anonymity around things, so there's not so much reporting on the way that when things move through the courts. But um, yeah, apparently it was reported they received between uh, four thousand four hundred US and seventeen thousand. US which is 5 million to 20 million won Whoa. which is the Korean uh, currency um, <laughs> to basically you know influence the way that yeah. matches would go and the way that the betting has gone i
2: mean there was the what 21 players from csgo last year mm. i think and it was it was a uh, it ended up coming... It was just until 2016, but then they got that indefinite ban. Yeah. I mean, you actually brought up a pretty good point before um, the, the the fact that a lot of this gambling is done uh, by underage people. Mm. Um, and again, this comes from... It's coming from many different branches and the un, the, the lack of regu- regulation. Um, I mean, this is a new world for gambling, esports. I mean, new-ish. Uh, and it's going to need some regulation because at the moment, there's no way to control it and it's rife. And it doesn't even have to be money that these kids are gambling. I mean, you have uh access access points so like CS:GO lounge which is basically enables players to like you know um gamble but with it with their uh, in-game add-ons and Mm. um you know that obviously brings up age issues because you can't you don't know ages based on that information there's a
0: blurry line i think as well between people who will be you know committing sort of like i guess gambling sort of actions within a game and then watching a game and then there's that sort of you know what's the next step to just chuck a couple of dollars in and then it kind of becomes a problem that, like that's
2: it yeah you, you these under well, again these underage people are already undertaking in kind of activities and games that maybe is just in just maybe a little bit ahead of where they're supposed to be uh, on a socially aged acceptance level i guess um so yeah it is grey area and it's hard to kind of monitor like i've said it i feel it's almost impossible at this current stage hmm. um especially with all these avenues for things like i there's another one like skin exchange where you like basically People can buy and sell all their add-ons for games, so you know there's heaps of options for kids and,
0: and people in general. The money through that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's enough that some of the teams in in Australia, there was a bunch of Australian players who had been suspended from Counter Strike Go. Um, there's a team called Twenty Four Seven Esports, and they dropped some players from their Counter Strike Go team, basically on the fact that there may have been a bit of it was a bit of a rumor um but there may have been some improper behavior yeah that
2: was from a like an, an upcoming actual team wasn't it that, yeah that yeah
0: so they were kind of re- just recruiting and then they bu- dropped a bunch of players basically because yeah. it was a bit of a, a thing out there because obviously they don't want to be
2: they need to be distanced uh, yeah. because every every reaction to this kind of thing in the esports gaming world at the moment has been pretty you know pretty brutal they've just been cutting them loose basically so you don't want to be caught up in that especially when you are an emerging kind of force in the esports esports world in this yeah. country at least.
0: Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely something to think about and I think we're going to see a lot more of this stuff as it goes down the track. Um keep an eye on that we will keep you up to date up-to-date, <laughs> up to date. Up to date we'll keep you up to date um with all the uh I guess developments as this goes along. That's right. You're listening to Pixel Sift. We are based in WA, Western Australia, and you can probably listen to us anywhere in the world if you felt like it. Mm. You know, you can check us out on there.
2: Yeah. Internet's nifty like that. It is definitely nifty like Mm -hmm. that. Big fan.
0: Yeah. It is probably... It's going to go far. You know, I have a prediction. You know, people are going to be all about the internet one day, (laughs) and uh, hopefully that day will be soon. That and blue jeans. Blue jeans. They're the future. (laughs) Yeah, exactly right. Earlier this week, we had a chat to... Uh, Lisa Rye and Brendan Reagan they are from Stirfire Studios uh, a studio based in Perth Western Australia they have a game called Freedom Fall it is uh, sort of a, a platformer um, very amazing art style um, very sort of painterly and ca- cartoony style, style very cool to check out I asked them um, how releasing the game a couple of years ago went and what the experience was like <laughs>
4: reactions from lots of people. It's reviewed very well for a first game, I think. Um, I think Steam was definitely the highlight. Um, we, we released on iOS and a number of smaller platforms before that, and getting, getting traction on those was quite tricky. Um, but yeah, I think it did quite well on Steam. So Freedom Ball is a down-scrolling platformer. You start at the top of this massive tower, and it's essentially a uh, reverse Rapunzel kind of storyline. So, instead of being the hero and trying to save the princess, you're being trapped in this massive tower by the princess, and you have to try to escape from her my name is Lisa Ryan the creative director
1: and I'm Brendan and I'm the technical director so we were in like the third or fourth cohort that got greenlit so compared to getting greenlit now it was a very nerve-wracking process um, yeah I've, I've talked to some people since and it seems to be easier now to get through um, the thing they say about sort of the steam sales is, is pretty true like the amount of secondary sales you get when steam does the deep discount things people tend to buy games on those which is it's good but it makes me worried about the longevity of, of of the games market if we're all you know deep discounting our games but we'll see what happens there
0: do you think there's a problem with it sort of devaluing your game to a point where basically people are not going to buy it at a certain point and are we racing to the bottom on pricing
1: i think that we have made a mistake with freedom fall in putting in, in too many bundles too early i think that the the sort of 75 50 like the 25 to 30% discount on Steam is fine. I think when you start getting down to, you know, the, the 80, 90% discounts that you get with bundles, that's really problematic. There's also this secondary market that's emerging that this has happened to us, where you'll get uh, resellers who will pick up your game on bundle and then they will take your keys and resell them. So uh, I'm happy for like a thousand uh, interested people who play games to, to, to get a copy of Freedom Fall at a deep discount and then they're really excited for a next game because they liked it and they decided to try it, I'm not so sure about how I feel about uh, an arbitrage person buying that game at a deep discount and then selling it to people for two or three times the price.
0: Does it make it economically viable if you're going to be, you know, having these sort of people undercutting you?
1: I don't think that our next game is going to go into a bundle for quite some time after release. Um I think the first Freedom Fall bundle we went in like six months after launch. That was way too early. I think we need to leave it for a year or eighteen months. I think I think Armella is a good example because they were on early access for almost a year. Uh, they came out on PS4 and then now they're finally starting to get into a bundle, so that's that's eight, nine months on, but they've kind of had a, a long cycle of, of the game being available. Whereas for us it was it was barely six months on Steam and then we already were like, Yeah, let's let's try this bundle thing. Um so I that's the thing I'd advise other indies, be really, really careful about engaging in bundles, especially some of the smaller bundle guys, because we've been in several of them now, and later on, it's not as good.
0: What, I guess, what are some of the main things you've learnt over this, you know, a couple of years of, of making the game and having it out there, and, you know, what are some things that you definitely would do differently for your next game as you're coming out?
4: Hmm... Um... I think looking at the the reviews we got for Freedomfall, most people really enjoyed the story and the content, but they wanted more content. So the length of the game is fairly short, it's sort of a two to three hour length game, so definitely for our next game we would be working on making sure that it's a longer experience and that there's more to do in the game.
1: Yeah, those things and marketing, you need to really start that conversation right when you begin the title. Do not leave it for the last minute. We didn't do enough marketing on Freedom Fall, and that was another reason it didn't it didn't really do that well in sales. Um, we've done quite well I've since discovered compared to a lot of other people releasing at a similar or later time with a similar scoped game. But um, marketing's really, really important. The other one was we we came out on mobile and then we came out on OUYA like two months later and then we came out on Steam you know, in the January, so that was sort of three or four months after that, and you really want to, this is really hard for a small studio, but you, you're only going to get one shot at the press, so you really want to maximize that. It's, it's not as important as it once was, but if, you, if you're available where people play their games right when your press is happening, then they're more likely to buy it. Otherwise, there's so many games out there, they will probably forget about you and not buy you on when you're available on their platform.
0: So I guess for people who you know may have been following on from other stuff you've been doing in the past, what, what's something that you are working on that you could kind of at least tell us a little bit about for the you know in the near future, or maybe give us a bit of a, an idea about what sort of thing we can be looking forward to in the future?
1: We've got a title coming. It's coming for release next year. Um, we're pretty happy with how it's progressed. We've sort of raised the bar on a lot of things. Like it's it's a more complex game. It's going to be longer. It looks better. Uh, it's already almost as large in terms of like assets as Freedom Fall is, um, but it's, it's gorgeous.
4: Uh, so Debug is basically a uh, game about bugs, about use, like, using bugs in a platformer environment to get through the game. It's sort of a puzzle-solving adventure where you get to use glitches to get through Obstacles and enemies, you can control your environment, basically hack the world around you and be in control of it. And uh, yeah, so it's sort of a tribal cyberpunk world. It's this little simulated world with these people in it, and they get attacked by this massive corruption virus thing. So you are acting as a debug program running through this world and trying to clear out all of the corruption and, and viruses through it.
0: So, yeah. So how far along are you with that? How far until we can sort of start seeing this game in a playable form and when can people start getting their hands on it approximately?
4: Well, we did actually bring it to the Perth Game Festival uh, earlier last year, well, late last year, and uh, it got some fantastic responses from people. It was, uh, yeah interesting to see people playing the game and trying out different combinations of bugs. As a game designer, I always love watching people play the game because you always see things you don't expect. So, you know, people coming up to every problem. One of the things in the game is I want to make sure that each problem has multiple solutions. And so seeing people use creativity to get past these obstacles in ways I didn't even expect is fantastic.
0: And is this a a clever way to kind of cut down on your QA, and that you can say that if anything doesn't work properly, you can be like, "Oh, that's just part of the game. That's what's supposed to happen at that point. You just didn't do it right."
4: <laughs> I wish, I wish, but no, no. This, I mean, I, it's one of those things. Like in this game, I expect players will find ways of breaking the game, and some of those ways should actually be intended. So, I think it'll be fantastic to see players' reactions when they go, oh, "I broke it. This is amazing." <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I think it'll, I think it'll excite a certain kind of person.
0: That was Lisa Rye and Brendan Reagan. They are from Stirfire Studios that were talking a bit about their game, Debug, which you may have had a chance to play if you're at the Perth Games Festival in November last year. You may have also played their game, uh, Freedom Fall, which came out a couple of years ago. James, you had a chance to play Freedom Fall, didn't you?
3: Yes. I was uh, playing Freedom Fall for about 10 minutes before we went to air, and it was it was actually a really good game. I love the art style. I love um, the jumping mechanics, the controls on ios were a little bit difficult but that's just me being really you know
2: clumsy (laughs) there was a
0: way to change the controls as well but you didn't you know you didn't tell one. you didn't delve delve into the the Uh, menus of that one
2: as far as visually like i mean i didn't play the game but so i don't i don't know how the controlling was but it looks very fluid and looks smooth Mm -hmm. and um yeah very uh, like ninja-esque or the little kind of like nuances to your movement i really like the look of it and I'm, i'm looking forward to playing that yeah
0: and it's, I had a chance to play a bit of Debug as well while yes. I was uh, doing the interview with Brendan and Lisa in the week, and it—if you like the style of Freedom Fall, you're going to love the style of, of Debug as well. It's definitely a very pretty game, and uh, yeah, it's—it's it's really like the the mechanic they've got is where you've got kind of different powers that you can choose, and they move things within the world, um, and it's sometimes it's kind of you know challenging to try and to do things and. It's one of those puzzle games where you're like, if your head's not in the right space, you'll kind of be like, oh man, how do I solve this problem? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of kind of exciting and cool to kind of go through the the the, the play, and, and it looks like it's going to be pretty cool. So we're definitely going to keep an eye on that one. If you were listening to that uh, as well, there was some background music as well that you may have heard. It was by Paramorph. Um, you can check them out at paramorph.bandcamp.com to have a listen to that one. We'll stick a link up on our website. Beautiful. You're listening to Pixel Sift. Nice work there, Scotty. <laughs> Done a brand new promo for us there. We are now going to talk about a little bit about some of the times when musicians and sort of lend their talents and lend their creative abilities to making games. This week, there was a, a brand new announcement of an Iron Maiden uh, MMO, free to play MMO that kind of came out. Uh, Scotty, can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Um, the one that's coming up. Uh what was it called? Uh, Legacy of the Beast. Sorry, I had to drain my memory through that. Yep. There are uh, like plethora of games that are coming out from them. Uh, so, yeah, basically they're releasing a new game called Legacy of the Beast. It's a mobile game. It's going to be free on iOS and Android. Um, and you know, just add to the kind of ongoing successful line of like they've got beers out now, they've got a headphone line out, and, and yeah, now now this
0: again merchandise, merchandise, games. merchandise. Yeah,
2: I mean they started in the '90s with video games. They had Ed Hunter, which was basically a Doom, you know, remake with Iron Maiden scoring, which yeah. is great, you know, very fitting. Yep. Uh, and then last year they had Speed of Life, which was just an 8-bit kind of game to go with their Speed of Light um, musical stiff. So, they've, uh, they've had
0: a, a sort of long career in the whole the gaming yeah, experience.
2: Just, I think just uh, kind of enhancing the, the idea of merchandising was really great. Um,
0: some of the other musicians you may have seen who would have uh, created games as well. Uh, unfortunately, you know, earlier this week, we had The Passing of David Bowie. Yeah, um, amongst others. Yes, yeah. it, was a, <laughs> it was a big week, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had uh, a game called Omicron, The Nomad's Soul. And that was done by a little company you might know as Quantic Dream. Um, who have gone on to make things like Beyond Two Souls and Heavy Rain and a bunch of other games as well. And David Bowie kind of basically lent his likeness and mm. his uh, musical talents and some of the people in his, uh, I guess his you know, close inner circle as well, um, to kind of make this game. And it, if you want to hear a really good sort of um, explanation of the game, you should check out the uh, 28 Plays podcast with Paul Verhoeven and Chris Straub. They go through this very well. And uh, Paul Verhoeven does a very good uh, example of...
2: It's understandable why Bowie's loved so much. You know, he's immortalized through music, he's immortalized through film, through video game, through everything. He's touched on like everything. Yeah, um, but you know, he's not—he's not the only one. There's plenty of other kind of uh, musicians that doubled in their own making of uh in their own making of video games, not just kind of affiliating themselves with it. I've got a pretty good list of ones going back from like uh, to like the mid '80s with the Frankie Goes to Hollywood had their own game. Uh, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Uh, in 89. There was also a CNC Music Factory game called Power Factory where you basically just had to kind of um, make a film clip for them. And that like inspired a bunch of other film clip making games. But for, like, I think InXS in- in had one maybe. Really? Um, there's a small list of others. Um, what's a, g- a good one was Queen had their own game, which apparently took a really long time to develop and just kind of sank in the end, but was you know, really ambitious. I think they called that The Eye. Uh, and it's it's a pretty like it's a really crap game because I think because they just over 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 out the d- development of it and it, but anyway the music is all Queen so it's great yeah Wu Tang also had a Shaolin style uh, fighting game I think in the late nineties yeah like ninety nine. Uh, I don't know. I never played that one, but I've seen clips of it. it looks cool. I think it was just a basic kind of fight. I think game. it
0: depends as well if they're doing it for uh, you know the purposes of just kind of merchandising their thing, or are they doing it to make <coughs> it a you know a better, more interesting game, or well, is it something these, creatively? Most that of those to- ones
2: were like yeah, some kind of creative outlook. Um, I think Bjork was another one that was really about creativity. Her Biophilia release um, basically had like kind of app. For each song, that was the sort of game that you could cool. kind of like, you know, interact with the with the song to the point where you kind of really understood kind of where she was coming from. And it was, mm. like, it, it was like I said, it was creative and artistic. It was her kind of portraying her creativity and how she got to these songs through apps and games.
0: James, you played something a bit of creative and artistic as well earlier today. Um, we were checking out the uh, Tom York, uh, Nigel Goodrick, uh, Polyfauna. Yeah,
3: that's exactly right. Polyfauna. Um I don't know how to explain it. It's not really a game as much as it is an experience.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we were saying it's very similar to something you might see in a you know like an art gallery or something if it was like a Tom York retrospective you might go and check out Polyphono as part of that. It's like do, an
2: installation piece.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and you kind of just there's no real instructions in the game. You are kind yeah. of just moving through a 3D space with kind of polygony sort of things moving around okay. and yeah. You touch things and they go colorful and
3: Yeah, if if you're watching on Twitch or YouTube, you're seeing the video right now. It's it's really hard to explain. It's um, It uses motion detection as well. Um, so like the X and Y axis is in the... In the phone as so you kind using. of move it around or the... So you can either use your fingers or you can move this phone around to sort of explore wherever you are. And yeah. You, you can't really control it. You sort of move forward at a slow pace. Mm. And then you're right, there's bright colours and stuff. And there were many things before where I was just like tapping the screen manically trying to make something happen and things would happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, I guess... I what I wanted to achieve when I set out, I did. Yeah, just making stuff happen. But
0: and it's very, it's such a minimalistic game, but it's very. I guess I, I guess you would say it's kind of like a really, almost like a really serene and beautiful experience. I think it sort of really would suit a uh, virtual reality. Oh yeah, sort of situation. If you had something like a um uh you know one of the Gear VRs or an Oculus Rift or something like that, yeah. you it's could definitely really those, check it out.
2: One of those worlds where you can really get away with polygons. It's yeah, the virtual virtual reality. Yeah. Um, just to jump back to musicians dabbling mm. in games and stuff, I also uh, stumbled upon Kanye West's um, game. Really? Uh, it, upcoming possibly. Maybe he scrapped it. Hopefully he scrapped it. It was because um, <laughs> it was like basically a tribute game to his uh, um, now past uh, mum, oh. Donda West. And basically it's like I think your goal is to kind of get her to heaven and through the gates kind of thing.
0: If anyone could do it, it, Kanye it can do it. It just didn't
2: sound like it was going to be a very game. Do at you all.
0: know who he should get in on it? No. He should get old Fifty Cent onto oh, yeah. that because there was the old Fifty Cent oh. Blood in the Sand, mm-hmm. which was like this, uh, you know, shooter uh, multiplayer sort of. No, I, I think it was a single player shooting game. Awful. Yeah, hmm. it's got Sorry. a cult following though. Some people <laughs> love that game. I'm not a big Fifty Cent. Fifty Cent. I think Some 21 questions. Yeah, I think he quite likes it. Um, but yeah, like something like that, which is sort of you know, it kind of just stars him in a, in a sort of different context.
2: Like you said before, it depends where it comes from. Like that's Mm. obviously some kind of crappy, uh, effortless moneymaker for him. But like, you know, people with, uh, I don't know, people, well-respected musicians uh, that getting involved in games is great. Like, Trent Reznor from yep. Nine Inch Nails did Quake in 96. He was the composer for that.
0: Yeah, um, Which is something I didn't realize until, you know, and it's the music you sound and then you, you hear it and you're like, oh, uh, totally, this totally sounds like something. Michael
2: Jackson do. was a ghost producer, uh, sorry, ghost composer on Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog number three, which is, uh, I, I thought can, that was incredible. I'd had no idea about that. Yep. A long list of people are on that, but Michael's mm-hmm. in there obviously because he's amazing. Um, Australian duo pa- Power Glove did uh, Fire, Cry th- Fire Cry 3, the Blood Dragon one. Mm-hmm. Um.
0: There's also games like, for example, Brutal Legend, which was Mom Dumbo Double Fine, mm. and the game itself is basically inspired by heavy metal. Uh, sort of cover artworks. <laughs> so, they basically built a world with all like, you know, hot rods with 900 exhaust pipes and flames and Oof. demon-monstery things and and they've kind of made a game out of that basically on that sort of, I guess, in the spirit of it, you know. And they had a lot of really good people in there like Ozzy Osbourne and a yeah. bunch of other, you know, people were in there as actual characters in the in the game.
2: Well, it's like that Iron Maiden one, the Speed of Life one from last year. Uh, it was basically just like Donkey Kong-esque. But um, all very Iron Maiden-y, like constant Iron Maiden, 8-bit sound in the background. And like, yeah, all, you know, skeletons and stuff, uh, you know, hosting the main menu. It's very cool.
0: Very cool. Unfortunately, guys, that's pretty much all we've got time for today. So, we've kind of reached the end of our episode. Uh, Next week, we'll be joined by Mitch. He'll be back and giving us a rundown on everything that happened at RTX Australia over in Sydney He's working very hard at the moment. Yeah, so busy. Working very hard, so he'll be back joining us. James, thanks for jumping on the mics and uh, do doing anything. the old uh, video feed as well, multitasking. Yeah. I was
3: trying not to look at the keyboard to yeah. uh, give an illusion that yeah, I, yeah. I, I could do it without looking. <laughs> yeah, but.
0: nailed it. And <laughs> you've just ruined it now, basically, yeah. by uh, calling attention to it. <laughs> uh, thanks again, guys, for joining us on Pixel Sift. We hope you enjoy the show. As usual, we'll putting all the links up on our website, and that website is www.pixelsift.com.au. Scott, where can people find us on social media? As
2: per usual, Gianni, people can find us at facebook.com forward slash pixelsift, twitter.com forward slash pixelsift, and twitch.tv forward slash pixelsift.
0: And James, if people want to listen to our other episodes, where are they going?
2: Uh, of course, you can go to our website, like you said before,
3: pixelsift.com.au, to stream episodes. You could subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Pocket Cast or using the RSS link on your page and of course if you could leave a five star review preferably or a star review of any kind yeah tell us what you think we're interested
0: in your feedback and if you could give us a thing it always helps with people finding our show and telling us uh, you know if you know people who like podcasts about video games who Tell them about it as well. The <laughs> um, more we can know.
3: One more thing, Gianni, we've got yes. a we've got the Steam, we've got the Steam group.
0: We do have a Steam on. group, yes. So if you're interested in joining our Steam group, uh, it's Pixel Sift on Steam. Search for that. It's got the same logo as everything else. You can definitely find it on there. Check us out on YouTube. We're on everywhere.
4: Yeah, basically we're all,
2: about all on there. Get it together. There.
0: We'll see you guys next week.
2: <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Keep see you. Yeah. Pick